the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, testing positive today for your guest host, and it's great to be with you once again. And I get to be with you this week on Southern California Live from 3 to 5 each and every day this week, except for Friday. I won't be here on Friday, actually. As it turns out, I'll be here Monday through Thursday, and it's great to be with you all throughout Southern California, where I hope we can have some conversation with each other, some encouragement, also some fun. I like I, I like to have and I think that's really important. There's an old story about a grasshopper. He walks into a bar. The bartender says, hey, welcome. Hey, good to see you. You know what? We have a drink named after you. And the grasshopper says, you have a drink named Doug? I don't know why. It's a stupid joke. It makes me laugh every time. But something to remember is that laughter is an immediate vacation. I like that quote. That comes from Milton Burrow. Milton Berle said, laughter is an immediate vacation. And if you know anything about Milton Berle, you know he stole that from somebody else. But uh, we'll give him credit for it anyway. And uh, sometimes we need that, that vacation. There's so many things going on. Hey, I'd love to have you give me a call today. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. That's the number here for Southern California Live. There are many things going on in the news. And uh, we'll talk about those things a little bit today and try to get a Christian perspective. What can the church do to add value? What can we do uh, to make things better? The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You can also email me right here at the show, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. So hopefully you've got your coffee. I've got mine. I am refueled for the afternoon, the brew of the believer the the choice of the chosen, whatever. I need to make like a whole alphabet of those things. I'll get to it eventually. Maybe on Friday, I'll write all those down. Anyway, I am enjoying that as uh, as you can tell. And hopefully you're having an enjoyable afternoon or we can make it more enjoyable because you're listening to the show. Make it an appointment every day at three o'clock. Um, we're gonna talk about schools a little bit today and uh, during this hour of the program. Uh, in Los Angeles area, LAUSD is going back to school tomorrow with a lot of restrictions, but at least they're going back barely. I'm wondering if your kids are going back. Are you able to, uh, if you, your kids are in public school, are you able to send your kids back? What's going on for you? What are the challenges you have? How do you feel about some of those things? We'll talk about it here in just a minute. And uh, otherwise, I hope you had a good weekend. Uh, not a really good weekend for Southern California football. Uh, Rams lost, but uh, you know they get to continue, so it may not matter. Uh, I think they've lost, what, six times in a row to uh, San Francisco? Yeah, we'll have to change that uh, a little bit here pretty soon. Chargers lost to the Raiders, uh, which is a familiar thing for those of you in San Diego. Uh, And, you know, if they would have tied, they would have both gone to the playoffs. So the Chargers are out, the Raiders go on to the playoffs. But the weirdest thing watching that game was is if they would have tied – they both go to the playoffs, and you have to wonder, do, you, do they get together secretly and go, let's just tie this thing up? And they went to overtime. They almost tied. What, two seconds left? The Raiders win with a field goal, and uh, that's it. I don't think they have that discussion, actually. I think the rivalry is real, and uh, hopefully they're professionals and they're playing to win on both sides. 
Uh, anyway, the Chargers are out, so there won't be an all Los Angeles Super Bowl here in Los Angeles. But um, you know, maybe one day, at least, as far as the last I checked, we still have the Super Bowl. They have not moved it to Texas yet in spite of our COVID rules. So that's good. That's really good news. Got some Super Bowl tickets. I, the ones I'm looking at, the ones right on the 50-yard uh, line, they went down. They went down uh, 20% uh, the last I checked. They went from uh, 49000 and change to 39000 and change. So it's headed my way, headed my direction on there. All right, back to, uh, back to something more serious here. Schools, LAUSD, back to school tomorrow. Uh, how are our kids doing? Are you a parent uh, or a grandparent? Um, do you have foster kids? You're sending your kids to school. We've been in this COVID thing almost two years. How are they doing? And are they going back to school? What's your situation with all of this? I've got a thought, and that's really what I want to really emphasize here. I really want us to do something. I think there is an opportunity with all of this chaos, and we're seeing it nationwide, to make our schools better, to actually address some things in schools that seem to be untouchable. I know there's a whole lot of different uh, ideas there, too, that are part of it. There's school choice, there's there's private school, there's homeschooling, there's a lot of things, and parents, uh, by huge numbers, are pulling their kids out of public school, and I think if you can do that, that's a good thing. We've done that. My kids are in, in private school. We sacrifice a lot to make that happen. And uh, we get a little help from grandma and, but it's going, it's happening and uh, that works. But I know that not everybody can do that. The truth is public schools are inevitable and most kids are going to be in public schools uh, be, you know, no matter what happens with the rest of it. So something that's going on, I think this is really, really interesting and it's, there's a lot of politics in it, but I want to see if we can move through that a little bit. The mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot is in a battle with the teachers union. The Democrat mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, in a battle with the teachers union, something you don't see very often, but the teachers union in Chicago voted to shut down schools because of what they perceive to be the threats uh, right now for uh, Omicron and for the coronavirus um, situation. Go to clip number one, Wilbert. Fundamentally, what we cannot do is abandon the science. We know that the safest place for kids to be is in learning in schools. And we've spent millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to make our schools safe. They are safe. We've got the data to demonstrate that. We've got to get the teachers union to get real and get serious about getting back into in-person learning. So, yeah, the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, uh, she was on Meet the Press this weekend, and that was her statement there to Chuck Todd, who's asking her about how to deal with the, the teachers' unions and getting these kids back in school. And she says that what they're doing is illegal. Uh, she calls it an illegal walkout. She's under a lot of pressure to get kids back in school. And what I think is, is excuse me, very interesting here is that she's quoting data. You know, when we entered into this, uh, the shutdowns, remember it was going to be 15 days, which I always thought that was just a, a mistake made by some intern. He meant to say 15 months. Uh, it was just a typo, but everybody went with it. Um, there's some intern out there who knows the truth. Anyway, we all, you know, they shut down the schools. I thought immediately, that's a mistake. Why are you shutting down the schools? How can you do that? You know, for 15 days, you know, I don't know. In fact, I we have a teacher in our church who uh, said that her kids were jumping for joy when it was announced in school that they were all getting sent home, uh, like you do as a kid. She is not the only mayor who is making these kind of comments. Mayor, uh, New mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, on CNN last week, he said this, clip two. The numbers right now state, and it's very clear, the safest place for children 
right now is in a school building. That's the safest place for them. If they're not in school, it does not mean they're not going outdoors. It does not mean they're not going to deal with the trauma of not having socialization, not getting a meal, not being able to get remote learning. It's a luxury to say stay at home when you have all the tools that you needed. But for poor black, brown children that you don't have access to some of the basic things, school is the best place for you. And I'm going to continue to have my children be in a safe environment that all science is saying is the best place for them. Now, I think what he said was obvious from the beginning. There are some people when your kids were sent home last year, or maybe they're still home now, you can manage it better. Uh, We all had different kinds of struggles with that. Something that uh, we had, we had the ability to put the kids on the distance learning. Our kids' school shut down and they were online the very next day. I think it was a Friday or a Thursday that it got shut down. So by Monday, they were online. We were able to do that even though it was hard. Something Christy and I realized about ourselves is that um, whenever we think about maybe homeschooling our kids, we realize that's not a good idea for our kids with us. And we're, you know, I'm a teacher for crying out loud. I got plenty to say and I'm a patient guy. Uh, It was a different thing. And I get it. You know, you sit down that computer in front of your kids and you say, uh, here, pay attention to class, do your homework, ask questions, be attentive. And we want you to do all of this on this video game console with all the cool videos and chatting with your friends and all of that. But not everybody had that option. And the studies have shown that kids especially in poorer neighborhoods, have suffered tremendously the last couple of years. Go to clip number three. The thing in the country, in the city right now, that adults must stop traumatizing children. We must stop giving the appearance appearance that there's hysteria among those who are making a decision. Are we traumatizing kids? That was uh, New York Mayor Eric Adams again on CNN last week. He's saying that we are traumatizing kids with the hysteria that we as adults are, are doing in this period of time. I happen to agree. I don't think that we should be ignoring the fact that there is disease. And I don't think that we should be ignoring the fact that some people, especially people with multiple comorbidities or who are older, that this is a serious threat. But we are way over the top, aren't we? There is so much fear, and it continues. There seems to be more and more of a continuance. So when the school district shuts down, and the reason they cite is the safety of the kids. What these mayors, and these are, these are Democratic mayors from Democrat cities, okay, these are not Republican mayors. What they're pointing out is that this isn't even the data. This isn't what we've experienced to be true. And we need to pay attention to the kids. The New York Times we read last week had an article just flat out saying it is the strangest thing that adults are sacrificing the kids today for their own safety. That's upside down. It shouldn't be that way. Now, who can, who can disagree with this? You can give me a call if you want to join this conversation. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number you can call at any time. I'd love to hear what... Uh, what you think, how, you know, do you feel like we're traumatizing the kids or do you think your kids need to stay home? What's your thought? Do you disagree with these mayors? Do you disagree with what's going on? Or do you have the other opinion? How are your kids doing? We'd love to hear that story. Now, the reason I'm sharing a lot of this with you, other than it's a big thing in the news right now, so we, we ought to talk about it, and the schools are coming back in L.A. And, and there's a lot of controversy with that. I believe that we have an opportunity 
And by we, I mean all of us. I mean every one of us. And then especially for those of us who have uh, a motivation because we want to glorify God and we want to take care of the kids and we want to be a light in our communities. To get past some of the left and right politics, because we have an opportunity right now where a lot of people agree that we need to make changes with how we're raising our kids. And I think this could open up into a whole lot of conversation that will push past the left and right and the stupidity of our politics into maybe really helping our kids. And I want to, sh- I want to share one more clip. This is from Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago again in her interview on Meet the I always want to say meet the depressed because somebody used to say that, but meet the press with Chuck Todd over the weekend. Does anybody watch those things or we just get clips? I mean, I'm always at church, you know, on Sunday. I can't really watch those shows. I do watch the, uh, the highlights. She's on this program and, you know, he, Chuck Todd asked her, what kind of leverage does she have over the teachers unions? And he kind of said it with a tone of voice that says, yeah, you say all that, but uh, really what kind of leverage do you have over the teachers unions? I want you to listen to her answer. This is clip four. Well, I, the leverage I think we have is that we've got the will of the of the people. Parents are outraged, and they are making uh, their outrage known uh, to the teachers' union. This is a very different dynamic uh, than ever before. We've got an enormous amount of parent activism. Um, they are writing letters, emails. They are protesting. They're holding press conferences. This is an unprecedented level of parent activism. I'm all in support of returning to in-person learning, and we know why. We live in a district where 70% or more of our kids qualify for free or reduced lunch, which means they live in households um, that are poor and working class, which also means that they live in households with single parents, mostly women of color, who have to work to be able to keep the home together. So this walkout by the teachers union, which is uh, illegal, has had cascading negative ripple effects, not only on the students and their learning, their social emotional welfare, but also on the families themselves. It is making them uh, have tenuous financial status because they have to work, but they also have to take care of their kids. Now, I want you to hear that. Who can disagree with that? Now, there's a lot of different issues and a lot of different things that people might have to say here. But is it possible... And I want, here's what I really want you to hear. Listen to what she said. She was asked, what leverage do you have? I think as parents, so often we feel like we just don't have the leverage, that it isn't the same, that there is this wall, especially teachers' unions that are just sort of against us. And when I say teachers' unions, you know, there's a lot of teachers out there that we know who are great teachers. And we have to, we have to differentiate between union politics and our kids' teachers. Many of our kids' teachers are on our side, you know, on the side of parents, and they want to educate. They want to be educators. Speak to a teacher who moves from a school that's got a lot of trouble to a school that's doing better. And a friend of mine, he moved, well, he moved to an online school is what he did. He was a teacher in a regular public school. Then he moved to a public online charter school. And I said, what's the difference? He said, here's the difference. He says, I finally get to be an educator, which is what I want to do. I want to educate kids. Before, I just had to be a referee and go through some curriculum, and I hardly even got to really feel like I was teaching or making an impact. He shouldn't have to say that. And I think most of our teachers actually are really good teachers. And so I want to say that to you. If you're a teacher out there, we love you, and we know that you have a very difficult situation. We know there's a lot of Christian teachers out there in the public school. You have a real difficult situation. 
But we also need to acknowledge that there's some pretty terrible teachers out there. You know, I know who the bad teachers are in the public schools uh, where I live because I ask the kids in the youth group. You know, we'll go to the youth group, we'll talk about things, and I'll joke about it. I'll say, hey, uh, who are the teachers who aren't very good? By the way, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. You can join the conversation right now at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557, 888-2528-2557. Anyway, the kids always know. Uh, who the teachers are who aren't really doing a good job. Did you know that? Now, usually when you ask, the first thing they'll say is they'll talk about the teachers who are hard or maybe who are strict or who give more homework. And, the, you know, the kind of teacher you think as a kid, I don't want that person. It's going to be too hard. That's usually the teacher, though, that you admire later in life. That's often the teacher who you look back on and you go, I'm really glad I had her as my teacher. I've got some of those teachers in my life. Um, but then you get into it, and they'll they'll say, well, "Well, who's the bad teacher? Like, who shouldn't be working there?" And they all will come up with the same couple of names. In our area, this guy's not there anymore. Uh, he retired, uh, probably on a pension or something. Uh, they said the kid said that he would just show a video every single day, and he was uh, some kind of science teacher, I guess, but not really teaching it. He would show a video, and then he would sleep at his desk. They said he would just go to sleep at his desk. And the kids liked getting him. They said sometimes they would just go outside, sit in the grass, have a conversation, play cards, and then come back in. And, you know, uh, that was their impression. And they were right. Kids, uh, uh, kids have a very good perception about that. But that being said, I think that the state of education is something that we can get involved in. Here's, here's what I want you to hear. She has leverage. This mayor has leverage, she says, because of what the parents are doing. That's what she said. She didn't say, because I'm the mayor. She didn't say, I'm going to pull rank. She didn't have some sort of political statement to say, I'm going to do this or else. She says, I, I have leverage because parents are writing letters, because they are sending emails, because they are having press conferences and parent activism. Now, we've been seeing this go on for a while. Uh, in different ways. And, uh, you know, when it was coming from uh, people who might be more on the right, it was it was raising political problems coming from the Department of Justice, right? Is that if you're a parent and you're going to the school board and you're complaining about things, then you're some kind of terrorist. And uh, they tried to walk that back, but they didn't do a very good job with it. What I want you to hear is that this isn't the same thing. This is all parents all across the political spectrum who are beginning to understand that the school system needs to change that they can have an impact. And if you're saying to yourself, I don't know what I can do. I don't think I have any power. I don't think that the city wants to do anything. You might be saying, well, our mayor's not saying that kind of stuff. And, and I don't know. Let me tell you something. You do. This is part of the country that we live in. This is civic activism that needs to come back in a civil way, not in a way where we're, we're causing all kinds of problems or being a jerk. Like as soon as you're a jerk, then you then you undo what you're doing. We had in, uh, at the uh, at the San Diego uh, County, there was a a lot of people who showed up, and when you started hearing from them, they made a lot of good points about schools, about kids, and other stuff. But the only guy who made the news was a guy who started yelling all kinds of things and some kind of anti-Anthony Fauci chant, and uh, it was kind of hilarious. And I understand why it was news- newsworthy, but he ended up being the only story. So make sure that you write things kindly. You can be direct and you can be friendly, but offer your help, offer your support as long as things happen. I want to encourage you, if you're listening, to be involved, to get involved in the schools, to get involved with with kids. 
And if you don't have kids and you're, you're tuning out, you don't have grandkids, you know what, there's some kid that you know who might just need your letter. So I want to encourage you to do this. I think this is something that we have an opportunity to do. I think we have an opportunity to make it bi- bipartisan, that it doesn't have to be left and right, that parents can come together and say, we need better schools, that with all the money we're spending on schools, we should be educating our kids much better. We should have solutions to kids who are in schools where there's a lot of disadvantages for various reasons. We need to change the system so all the money doesn't go uh, just to the more wealthy schools. There's a lot of conversation that I think we all and work that we can do together without getting political left and right. That's something that I'm seeing when I look and try to read between the lines. I realize there's a lot of politics. I realize that mayors of cities who are saying these kinds of things, sometimes they're, sometimes very often what they're doing is they're reading the polls themselves and they're saying, I'm going to have re-election or my party's going to have re-election this year and we're going to get trounced. Fine, that's how it works. Make them sweat it out so that they make the right decision. Just some thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this in schools and what we can do and to take it a little deeper, what can the church do? How can we be involved here to help uh, make things better. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. Give me a call. Tell me what your thoughts are about the school situation right here in Southern California, too. Your kids are going back to school. How do you feel about our local situation? And how can we encourage one another uh, to get involved and to do it well? I think that's something that together, as we think about it, we can do it in a positive, a very positive way. I'm Scott Furrow. I'm your guest host here on Southern California Live. It's great to be with you. The number again is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. That was Nebraska State Senator Justin Wayne who has been uh, being pressured to vote against the school choice bill that's up in Nebraska, and uh, now he's going to vote for it. And basically, he says something very simpler, simple. He says, my community has waited long enough. You know, uh, this is Scott Furrow. Welcome back to Southern California Live. You can join our conversation here at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-557. And we're talking about the opportunity that I believe we have, especially as we take a look at the COVID rules and we take a look at some of the battles that are going on with school districts shutting down in Chicago or staying open in New York, reopening here in Los Angeles or have been open a long time in San Diego. But getting past some of the politics and saying, you know what, the reason that this is becoming something that is a battle is because parents, parents on the left and the right, not just parents on the right or parents on the left, but people on you know, coming from all backgrounds are saying, hey, this isn't working. And the studies and the data when it comes to COVID-19 are saying it's actually the best place for the kids to be in school, especially kids in our poorer communities. And what I want to do is encourage you today to get involved, to do what the mayor of Chicago said, Lori Lightfoot, who was asked, how do you have leverage over this teacher's union? She said, because parents, just like you, and I'm sure grandparents and guardians and other people who aren't kids but who get it are writing letters, emails, showing up to, to school board meetings and being involved. I think this is a good thing. We don't want to miss this. 
888-LA-TALKS is the phone number if you want to join the conversation. 888-528-2557. Give me a call right now and tell me what you think, what your experience has been, what you think we ought to do. Let's go to Forrest in San Diego. Forrest, welcome to Southern California Live. How are you doing? So um, I've been very passionate about this issue. I grew up going to public, qualifying public schools, and I've just been uh, just, just grieved at how things are going so much worse. I have never in my lifetime seen things get so, accelerate to the evil so much so and so fast in, in my lifetime, and I'm, I've been I'm 15 years old. My daughter goes to private school, and yet I still think it's important for, for parents, even if they have don't have kids or don't have uh, grandkids in the public school system, to keep fighting the public in the public school system to keep her from changing as bad as it is. Because these kids are going to grow up really, really messed up in way, shape, or form. It's, it's, they're going to be our future voters. So there are two organizations that I that I believe in that, that keep people, parents abreast of what's going on. One of them is called Alliance to Protect Children, and the other one is a Facebook group. It's um, Informed Parents of California, and there are local chapters, Informed Parents of San Diego, and other ones. And, and, they, and they really do a lot of good to keep, to keep people aware of, of all the ways they're bringing race theory, the way, the way what they're doing in terms of, of shutting down schools unnecessarily, the vaccination mandates in terms of, uh, of the, uh, the comprehensive yeah, education. Yeah, there's a whole lot of issues, aren't there, aren't there, Forrest? And your kids yeah. are in private school, but you're staying involved. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, as much as I can. Because my, yeah. hey, maybe my daughter's going to grow up someday to marry some guy who went to public school, but I'd rather him not have messed up beforehand. So, <laughs> Okay. All right, Forrest, thank you for your call on there. You know, And I know that there's a lot of, a lot of you and your kids, are, they're going to go through public school and they're going to be fine, and they're going to be fine because of your parenting, because you're involved, and uh, maybe their disposition and other things that help them. But a lot of our kids are struggling. And something to keep in mind also is you might think everybody's doing okay or some kids are doing okay, but according to Education Week, uh, they say that we now have the worst educated workforce in the industrialized world. But that's the state of our, our education. That's, that's stuff that's been going on long before COVID hit. And I think what we're seeing with the, the COVID restrictions and stuff is the attitude that is against kids. You know, people probably don't say it, right? You don't say, no, I'm against kids. But the evidence is showing it. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number, 888-528-2557. And uh, give us a call there. And something else that uh, Forrest mentioned, uh, you know, he talked about being a, he's got his kids in private school, and he's staying involved. One of the things that I think matters, I'm supportive of movements to uh, increase homeschools, increase charter schools, increase Um, You give school choice, especially, I think that's a personally, I think that's a a good thing, but it's also true that it's not going to work for everybody, probably not even most people, that public schools are inevitable and we really need to stay involved. And one of the dangers of all of these different movements and everybody pulling their kids out of school, the public school, is that we might then just check out and we might say to ourselves, you know what, I got my kids out, Uh, they're good and so I don't care anymore. We cannot do that. We need to advocate for parents and families and especially families where there's a single parent, where there's a lot of other things going on who are going to need our help. I think this is a place for the church to be. I think this is a place for Christians who are called to be concerned about people in our society who are struggling. I think this matters greatly. What are some things that your church does or maybe some other church that you know about that, that is really helping kids learn and helping kids be involved? 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 
2557. LAUSD is bringing kids back uh, tomorrow. Today is a, I don't know if I should, if it, it just makes me laugh. Today is a first day of school, but it's pupilless. I read uh, on the LAUSD website. And it's a pupilless day. Okay, I guess that means kids aren't there. No pupils. Or maybe everybody's just got their eyes shut. Uh, so kids are back tomorrow for the spring semester for K through 12. Lots of uh, restrictions, but it's good for us that kids are back. I think that the uh, the science definitely says they should be back. How's that working for you? Is it working out okay? 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. So LA Unified now requires COVID-19 testing for all students and employees, regardless of vaccination status. Uh, before they come back, uh, before they come back, did you know that? Hopefully you know that before you uh, send your kid to school, you have to have a test. Have you tried to get a test? I think the schools have a way for you to get a test. Um, I had to help somebody get a test um, last week and I drove to like every pharmacy there is to try to find a test. And I kept going in there and said, no, we ran out this morning. No, we ran out. No, we never have them. Uh, we actually finally found one. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, where can I go where uh, uh, nobody's buying tests? And I thought, oh, I found a pharmacy. And sure enough, they had plenty. Um, you're going to have to have a test. There's different tests, by the way. I've never taken one. Uh, my family has, my wife works at uh, our kids' schools, so she's required to take some tests and, and does that. I have not had to take one. Uh, and I uh, just haven't been sick or haven't had the symptoms, but I, I figure that's probably coming. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. Let's go to Denise in Los Angeles. Denise, welcome to Southern California Live. There, Scott. Um, I just want How you doing, to Denise? A, can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I can hear you. I, I just wanted to give information to parents in, Cal- in, the, in the state of California, that there's a, an initiative that is happening. It's called California School Choice. We are collecting signatures for the petition so that we can have this initiative on the ballot for November 2022, and that parents can find out about this initiative by going to our website, which is CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. Parents are awakening. They are tired of the school lockdowns. And we, the parents, have the power. And the public schools need to be made aware that they work for the parents. We don't work for them. We pay them with our tax dollars. Also, there's another organization called... All right, let's just stick with that one. I'm going to have to go, and I got a bunch... Denise, I'm going to have to go. I got a bunch of calls. I thank you for that. The website, she said, was CaliforniaSchoolChoice.org. And that is, uh, there's a lot of different movements to try to get this on the ballot here, and it's happening in many states across the country. And it does a couple of things. You know, School Choice basically would say that you're allotted tax dollars, which is a lot. You can apply to a charter school or a public, private school or uh, other options. And it gives parents that option. Um, one of the things that I'm thinking about is it also pressures the public schools to change so that you won't want to have that option, right? That's another another side of it because the public schools, like I say, are, are going to be here. And uh, a lot of people are going to go to public schools ultimately. But all of these things, I think, are going to help conversation. 
You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrier, your guest host. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host, and it's great to be with you today. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We've been talking about education, and I've been encouraging you to get involved. We've seen in many of our major cities the the leverage that parents have. And we're talking about people on the right and people on the left, whether you got a D or an R or an I or whatever letter after your name on your voter registration. I believe that we live in a time where maybe we can cut through a lot of the politics that is there on both sides and actually do something for the sake of our kids and for the sake of our country. And I also believe that the church has a role in this, that the church has a way to to lead, to be involved in our schools. And many churches, you know, if you're if you're thinking about this and you're thinking, what can I do? Does your church have a tutoring program? Are you near a public school, a reading program? Can you use your your church campus maybe for uh, these kinds of programs, for uh, having a computer lab? Somebody donated a bunch of computers to our church one time for a computer lab. Uh, Unfortunately, they were all Commodore 64s or something, and it was a nice gesture but not really useful. But you can actually do amazing things. What are some things maybe that your churches are doing, and how are you doing with all this? Let me get to your calls here before we wrap up the hour. Cynthia from Torrance, welcome to Southern California Live, Cynthia. So that the church, Cynthia, can do how you a doing? Lot. I can't hear you. Fine, thank you. I believe that the church can do a lot. All right, Cynthia, are you there? Hi, Cynthia. Cynthia? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you now. All right, yep, I can hear you now. I took you off speaker, sorry. I believe that the church can do quite a bit, but I think that we also have to understand what's happening. And the Bible tells us our fight is not against flesh and blood, that's people. Our fight is against powers and principalities and rulers of the dark world. And I think that there are powers like lobbies and illegitimate businesses that want to keep the schools low because they want to have a feeder for all their illegitimate businesses, and they need kids without fathers, and they need kids, you know, who are in trouble and who don't feel a lot of hope for the future through their schools. And they have labor shortages from what I've read. And because of these labor shortages, I read one statistic that 400,000 kids go into these businesses every year and 400,000 kids leave. So unless we understand that there's also spiritual warfare at work, we're not really going to be able to make the kinds of changes that we need to make if we just try to work through the political process. Right. And what do we, so what do you just say we, we do? Because I think that a lot of our approach is to try to work through the political process. And I'm not sure that it's working really that well anywhere. Um, so what would you say we should do as believers well, to help our kids? The political process is important also, but spiritual warfare doesn't take earthly weapons. It takes spiritual weapons. It takes prayer and it takes understanding what the scriptures say yep. about this. Time. There's a book called Injustice Foretold, and it's at 
injusticefortold.com, <clears throat> and it understand it explains and connects the dots of how we're in a time of lawlessness. It's led by the lawless one. There are workers of lawlessness that Jesus will say, "Depart from me, I never knew you." And there, there's a counterfeit kingdom that is being propped up by the causes of lawlessness, and this counterfeit kingdom is working through illegitimate businesses. Well, that there's a, yeah, there's there's a lot going on. I want to get to the main, my other calls here, Cynthia. I appreciate your call. Thank you. And Cynthia is right that there are spiritual issues here, and I think some of the spiritual issues that are going on it causes us to sort of break things up politically into left and right, and then we don't get anything done. I think we need to participate, but there's also uh, spiritual ways to participate. Uh, maybe I'll get to that here in just a minute, but I want to get to Kevin, who's been on hold for a long time. Kevin from San Gabriel. Welcome to Southern California Live. Well, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, but I hate to say it, but as an overall principle, it's people like Cynthia that I would not want having any influence in how my children do in school. Why is that? I mean, I think she's, because I think she's confused. She's a conspiracy theorist. Well, we don't, wait, 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 wait. She might have, she might have had some things. I don't know what she meant. Hold on, hold on, hold on a minute, Kevin. Uh, I know she might have had some ideas about some businesses and stuff, but she's right about the fact that things are spiritual and that we need to pray. She's and let, reason in chaos. And, because we have parents like Cynthia who are telling professional educators how to educate our children. Well, how are, our, how are we doing? What's your background, uh, Kevin? Uh, uh, you know, my background is I have a Ph.D. in education, and I okay. teach at one of the universities. All right. Okay? I'm Great. not going to say one, but yeah. uh, first of all, the single best indicator of how a child does in school, believe it or not, study after study has shown is the level of maternal education, okay? The second best predictor is socioeconomic status of the family. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of social work to do to make the schools better. And what your simplistic solution of having the church involved and parent choice, do you know there's no evidence that charter schools or homeschooling or any alternative to public schools statistically does better than the public schools. You know what? I got to disagree. Hold on, hold on, Kevin. I got to disagree with you there. I'm a product of private schools and there are some that are better than others for sure. 98% of my high school graduating class went to university. 98%. There is a, a private school down the street from our church. That's not Christian, just private school. 90 something percent of their kids go to university and beyond. And, the school that my kids are in, all of them go to high school and they excel in high school. The statistics, and it's a grade school, it's outrageous, the statistic, when they go to the public school. I don't agree with what you're saying on that. I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is advocate for public schools getting better so that you don't have that disparity. I mean, does your research not show that? Because I would say that overwhelmingly, the reason that parents are putting their kids in private schools and charter schools and homeschooling is education. First of all, your anecdotes are not evidence. Yes, children that go to private schools often come from socially uh, disadvantaged families where maternal level of education and fathers, for that matter, is very high, and both parents tend to be together. I agree with all that. I agree with all that 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 matters. I don't don't think, well, I don't think it means, like I said, 
Look at the educational research. Private schools do not, other, when you control the socioeconomic status and maternal educational level, private schools don't do any better than public schools. And right now, the problem with schools in general is that teachers don't get paid much, and it's not particularly prestigious. So highly educated women who, who are the bulk of teachers don't go into teaching, period. And that's another problem. So th- this is a, we have a major problem in education and educational achievement, absolutely. So but what I'm getting at is, is what, do we, what do we do about that? Like, how do we change even that perception? I mean, some teachers in some districts aren't paid very well. Some are paid very well. Uh, these days, actually. But uh, I think that we are creating a system where some of the best potential teachers are not going to go into teaching. That's probably is getting worse. Is that correct? Are you still with me there, Kevin? No, no, no. I'm here. I'm here. I'm just saying. I mean, compared to the level of education required, let's say, for a master's level teacher, She's not paid as well as somebody in private inter- enterprise with the same educational level. Has to put up. They have to put up with parent involvement, like Cynthia. They have to listen to people like Cynthia. Come but on, how can we listen to somebody like Cynthia? But Cynthia, I, mean, I think you want her to have a. Le- I think you're going to have all kinds, though, right? And we still have to have an education system that works with parents who are coming from all kinds of perspectives. That's the challenge, though. That's a real challenge. Right. Because so when I'm parents saying what you taught. But you don't think parents should have uh, some input on what kinds of things get caught, get taught? Uh, some, but not to the extent they have now where they're banning books, banning evolution, banning, uh, banning the history teaching. Absolutely but not. There's That's going to be yeah. detrimental to your child's education. Okay. Um, Kevin, I appreciate your call and your input there. And um, um, thank you for calling Southern California Live. Yeah, I think that Kevin also illustrates how complicated this this situation is. He's right about the the education has an awful lot to do with family. And maybe that comes back to where we are with, with church. How are we doing as a church, as churches, with our families, with our marriages, with helping people get together. It has an impact all the way across the board. And, uh, you know, if you're a kid and you're listening to this and you're going, oh, my kids are always going to be in, in public school. You know, some of the reason that we take our kids out of public school, it's certainly it's the education value, but some of it's also the social stuff. You know, there's, there's certain things that probably ought to not be taught, but certain things need to be taught. We can have that discussion another time. But my kids are in a private Christian school, number one, because I want them to hear about Christ. The curriculum that that school uses actually is the same curriculum as the public school, uh, most of it. Um, but they have a completely different way of, of putting it together, and the kids come out pretty good. Why can we not do that in our public schools for people? And yes, there are behavior problems, and there's problems with drugs, and there's problems with gangs, and there's problems with a, a lot of different things that come along with broken families that matters. My friends, this is a place where the church is vital. This is a place where the church really matters because if our families are better, it's going to make the schools better. If we are involved and we're involved in the right way, it's going to make the schools better. 
I want to close just with this. We just have a minute or so here to go. I thank you for the calls and, and stuff. I want to encourage you to be involved civically, but do it in a civil way. The Bible tells us, Proverbs 15:1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We lose a lot of ground in all these subjects when we are mean or nasty ourselves. We just do. And sometimes that is the approach. Uh, and, you know, everybody might do it out there, but everybody shouldn't include the Christian. We should be uh, able to make our point in a kind way, even in a controversial thing. And I think you know a lot of that. Ephesians 4.32, uh, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving. We do this. This needs to be who we are. All right, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. We'll be back in the next hour uh, to take your calls with a little bit different subject. Go to kkla.com to learn more and get the podcast of this hour or kprz.com if you are in San Diego and connect with other great ministries and things going on here in the Southland. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.